Welcome back to Studio Stories. I'm your host, Chrissy Brunton, and today we're joined by Mia Rikus to discuss her experience with PCOS. Thank you for joining us today. Can you um, introduce yourself to our listeners, please? Hello, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, so my name's Mia. I'm 30 years old and I've got two daughters. Um, I love all things fashion, tattoos, anything unique and individual. And unfortunately, I suffer from a polycystic ovarian syndrome. September is PCOS Awareness Month. So as you just said, PCOS stands for polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, and as you've just said, it's something that you suffer with. So to start with, um, what is PCOS and how has this affected you? So PCOS is basically an imbalance of the hormones. Um, it has an, there's an increase of the male hormone, um, I believe to be high levels of androgens. And a lot of people can say, and most experts can say that it can be a genetic um, inheritance that you can get as well so a lot of females that do suffer from polycystic ovarian syndrome find that it's kind of common in women in their family as well so I'm assuming that it was kind of straight down the line in my family with my mum and one of my mum's sisters my aunties also has polycystic ovarian syndrome and I'm I mean I don't know but I'm assuming that my mum had it too again that's another thing that's, that's difficult for me to know because um, she's not around anymore um, but it's yeah it's something that you've got an imbalance of your hormones and you've got more of the male hormone and it mm -hmm. can have a massive massive effect on you in regards to um, weight gain um, acne and um, additional hair growth as long as as well as getting the hair growth you can also get hair loss so there are quite a few effects and, and it can massively in in, in impact infertility as well so it's quite a varying range of symptoms yeah that's the thing I think that's why it can be quite difficult at some stages to diagnose because sometimes a woman can have hair loss and not know why and it might not be a massive symptom but then another woman could have hair growth and it's just one of those things where you have to really listen to your body and kind of look at all of the symptoms you're having and then ideally um go and speak to your GP but the, the main the main one for me sorry I don't think I've mentioned was irregular periods so initially knowing it's so common just to know that obviously you're going to have a period every single month for me that's never ever been the case I've never had a period every every single month I've never ovulated every single month and that was my main trigger um for me so was that the first symptom that led you to seek medical attention yeah, exactly. You kind of see and hear all of your friends having their periods every month and meeting up with them as a young girl. They're kind of having their symptoms every month and being on their period. And for me, I was realising well, my periods weren't every month and they were coming every few months. And as I said, obviously, my mum passed away when I was 11. So it was already kind of an awkward thing for me to talk about with my dad when I told mm -hmm. him I started my period, let alone then saying, well, I don't think something's right. Um, so yeah, irregular periods for me were the main symptom that led me to book an appointment with my GP and, 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 and that's what happened. I, I booked an appointment and I sat down and I spoke with them and I also had additional hair growth. Um, so you can get, you can get it 
in different places in your body, but it can be on your like abdomen area or your face. Um, and again, that was another symptom for me. And the GP recommended that I was referred to the hospital for to, to see a gynecologist. Was that when they diagnosed you with PCOS? Yeah, so the doctor did suspect that I had um, polycystic ovaries from me describing my symptoms anyway. But um, he said that it would probably be for the best if I went to the hospital for a scan just to confirm it and to, yeah, to confirm that, that he had diagnosed me correctly, which was great. And it was a good thing. I was quite daunting at a young age um, because I didn't really know exactly what it meant. Mm-hmm. And he also mentioned that it could be difficult in the future to have children. And I just think as a young girl and then even more so if you find out later on as a woman when you hear the words it might be difficult to be able to conceive or have children it kind of that just kind of stands out and it's quite worrying and that's what I've had from quite a lot of people that I've spoken to as well is the infertility side is such a worry Um, and that's why I think it's so important to raise the awareness and to let people know that you I mean everyone is different and everybody's body is different so you never know but a lot of the time with polycystic ovaries, it doesn't mean that you can't necessarily have children. It just means that it might be a little bit more difficult. Did that affect you when you were um, trying to start a family? Um, if I'm honest, it didn't, it didn't affect us because we weren't necessarily trying. So we weren't trying to conceive and we didn't have that weight and we weren't, we didn't really, really want it at that time. And for us, it happened. But we weren't using any precautions um, for several years in the meantime. So if we were trying and it could have been later on in life, if we were trying, then I would have, then I would say it probably would affect us trying, but I just feel really lucky and really grateful that it did happen for us. And I also would say that I noticed a massive change within myself and my body once I'd felt fallen pregnant. And once I've had, had a baby as well it kind of regulated things not completely to like normal and regular as they would be for someone that just has you know 28 day cycles but I would say that us having children has kind of helped my body in a way I don't know what it is with the hormone or whether your body knows it's done it before but like I said we weren't using anything for quite a long time um, Mm and when I fell pregnant with my first daughter and then second time round, um you know it wasn't a long time at all and and we fell pregnant again so it definitely you definitely do have to take precautions and don't think oh just because I have got polycystic ovaries I'm not going to get pregnant it's not going to happen for me because it can happen and yeah it will happen I mean I'm living proof. (laughs) Did you have any treatment for PCOS when you first found out that this is what you had? Well yeah that's slightly interesting I have been recommended to go on the contraceptive pill from quite a few different doctors and we've moved in the last few years and again it's kind of their first instinct is to regulate your hormones and to put you on a contraceptive pill mm. every, obviously everyone's circumstances are different and for me um, our family carries the BRCA gene which is um, which heightens your risk of breast cancer significantly by kind of like 85 percent so for me to go on a contraceptive pill it was actually quite dangerous and they've always veered away from it. So I've never felt comfortable going on the contraceptive pill. So yeah, that, that's what I was initially offered. And I've always given it a go a little bit, but then kind of dribbled it out or refused it. Um, 
so I've never stuck to any sort of treatment that's given me additional hormones. There was also a medication that they recommended called metformin, which they said could help with um, lessening of like the additional hair growth and also to regulate periods. I did take that for a short period of time, but I didn't think that it made a great deal of help. Um, mm-hmm. That's just my personal you know, experience and I, and I know everyone's different. But um, yeah, no, apart from that, I, I just... I just don't feel comfortable putting kind of loads of synthetic hormones into my body. And I always try and look for a natural alternative. Um, and I, I went to Holland and Barrett and I started taking, I think it's called Femleave Agnes Cactus, which is just a reliever of symptoms for PMS and also just in general, like your hormones and can kind of balance your hormones naturally. So I've been taking that for a little while and I do think it does help, but again, I don't know. It's difficult to know, isn't it? Because when you do have the rush of hormones or your cycle comes, it's, it's just really hard to tell within yourself how you're feeling mentally and physically. Yeah. And on that note, it must have been quite difficult for you emotionally to know that this is what was happening to your body as well as, you know, all your friends around you experiencing things that were different to you. And as you mentioned, your mum not being around who you could speak to. Who was there to support you at that time? I don't it was something that in a way I blocked out and I didn't really accept or deal with. So for me personally, if I look back to that teenage girl going through the not having my mum around and then having polycystic ovaries, it was something that I just day to day kind of blocked out, dealt with. And if anything hid from, I was almost embarrassed to mention that I had polycystic ovaries or that I might have an additional hair here or there, or that my periods were really irregular because I felt that when you're at that age, no one really talks about that kind of thing openly or honestly, or they didn't when I was that age. Um, and it's only until now that I have felt a lot more comfortable talking about it. And I'm, I'm really close with my sister-in-laws and it's, it's lovely to have them around to speak to. But I would honestly say that when I was in my situation that I was in back then, I didn't feel like I could confide or speak to anyone about it. And I just, I just dealt with it on my own, really. I didn't, I didn't speak to anyone about it. Your Instagram, um, you speak quite openly about PCOS on there. And of course, your channel is growing and growing and growing. Have you spoken to any others on your channel about your experience of PCOS or supported other women who are experiencing um, symptoms of PCOS? Yes, I have. And to be honest with you, even speaking on my Instagram for me was one of the first times I kind of spoke really publicly and openly about it. And that's one of the things that I do love about the platform of Instagram is that I've Mm. connected with so many other people, so many other women, so many other mums. And it's also kind of like an outlet where I can sit there and when I've got something in my mind or I I want to get something off to help other people I feel like some evenings I just sit there and I just I just write and I just type and it comes out and it could just be my thoughts and it could be do could be to do with my polycystic ovaries and once I've kind of put that out there I feel like I connect with so many women um and it's what I really really love about it I have had so many conversations with other women on Instagram And it's been about their journeys with polycystic ovaries. And some of the women have really struggled trying to conceive. And some women are in the process where they want to try and start to have a family and have 
have children and I've also got a friend that I've spoken to like a mum friend and um she and I never ever knew that she had polycystic ovaries that we'd never mentioned it to each other and then when she saw my post which was titled with PCOS she commented and she said I came off the pill and I really struggled to regulate my period I'd been on the pill since I was a teenager so kind of like 10 years plus and then when I came off the pill I just my body would not have a natural period so she seeked medical help um, and she was actually prescribed something to help her kind of like induce the period and then something to help her ovulate. And, you know, it started conversations with her and another lady who was, again, in her position, who wanted to know more about that and was worried about being able to have children. And that's what I love about it. I love that it raises awareness and I love that it makes people feel like they're not alone and they're not the only ones going through it. Definitely. But even with that, there are still some myths that float around in general have you from your instagram or just just through your own research what myths are there that surround pcos that you would like to take this opportunity just to bust a lot of people say like you can't have children you're really going to struggle having children you know you should really think about having children younger before your body clock has kind of expired and and then i've had other comments from even from kind of like gps and professionals when I've walked in and given them symptoms and this is beforehand and like, Oh, well, you know, you're not overweight and you look fine. So that's one of the main symptoms. And I think there can be myths around having children and um, having more male hormones um, being overweight. And I know they're all symptoms, but again, just because you might not typically look like someone that's got polycystic ovaries, it doesn't mean necessarily that you haven't got them. And that's why I always think pushing your GP for a scan with a gynecologist to actually see what's going on inside your body is really important because everyone's different and I just think in these occasions you really need to listen to your body and when you're trying something you know your gut instinct and you feeling what's going on is really important. And would there be any other words of advice that you'd give anybody else going through this at the moment? I would just like to say that you know, it's really, really common. One in 10 women in the UK have got mm -hmm. polycystic ovarian syndrome and a lot more people that, than you realise think will have it. And some people are willing to talk about things and some people aren't. And just to listen to your body and not let it kind of overrule you because there's no, so to speak, cure for PCOS, but you can manage it and treat it. And, you know, they do say that, a healthy balanced diet and exercise if you can fit that in is really good which I do think massively helps as well if you've got the time for it but yeah just to know that don't let it affect your as much as it's so easily for me to say this to someone because it affects me but just don't let it affect your confidence within like with regards to your appearance or if you're comparing to any friends and you look at them and you're like oh my skin's bad because of my polycystic ovaries or um, I've got additional hair here and why do I have to deal with these mood swings? Like a lot of women, when you do open up and speak to them about it, have it. And even your friends will probably have a lot of symptoms from just normal periods, let alone prolonged periods. So yeah, just speak about it. Don't be afraid to start the conversation because as much as you'll feel alone, there's probably a lot of other people out there that are going through the same thing. Absolutely. It's so important. And finally, our last question that we ask every podcast guest, what is the main mantra that you live your life by and why? 
Yeah. So, I mean, I absolutely love this quote and this is by Gandhi and it's, I'll not let anyone walk through my mind with their dirty feet. So it's basically just being responsible for your own thoughts, your own actions and your own feelings. Um, and it's just that, you know, we, we can so, so easily, especially with all of the social media platforms now these days, allow ourselves to be influenced by others and other people's opinions. Um, and I just think it's important to recognise when someone else is, is influencing you, um, especially if it's affecting you and influencing you in a negative way. So just be that little bit stricter on who you surround yourself with, who you're letting into your life to influence, you know, who 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 you're looking at and especially if you're an em an empath and if you feel what other people are going through just kind of take on board what you can and kind of try and take the positives from things um and just yeah just always as much as you can try and have the most positive outlook and just be grateful for for what you've got and and not compare basically not compare to what other people have or what other people are going through that's wonderful. Thank you so much, Mia, for speaking to us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I, I just love raising awareness for things like this and just letting other people know that they're not alone and that it's like normal to go through these things. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to leave us a review. 